There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Marshall's still going. Marshall's got Richards coming up outside. Now inside. Richards pursued. He pushes Jensen away. Yes, yes. Welcome back to another episode of the NRL Supercoach Podcast, hosted by the SC Whisperer. Now, touching on the first two sides that we've done, we're going to continue on with the Ones to Watch series, and today we have the Canary Bulldogs. Now, the Bulldogs are an interesting one. They've had a lot of acquisitions through the door. Um, your big inclusions are Nick Cottridge, Corey Allen, Carl Fleming, and Jack Hetherington and Corey Waddell. And losing a few little rotation pieces, but nothing major. The two big ones would obviously be Kieran Foran and Aiden Tolman. If we take a look deeper into the Bulldogs' stats, we can see that on offense, they put up 14.1 points on average and 25.2 on defense. So an 11-point swing, uh, which saw them fifth in terms of set completions and second in missed tackles. So it obviously wasn't the lack of ball that... uh, they couldn't score the points. They obviously held the ball quite well and got through their sets, but uh, we can see the defense is predominantly down to the missed tackles. Being second in missed tackles and conceding 25 points, I don't think is a, a coincidence. And I think they just lacked a little bit of spark. And with the guys like Kotrich, uh Corey Allen, and Kyle Flanagan, I think that's really going to help uh, guys like uh, Jake Avarillo, uh, Will Hopawade. Uh, in the back line and just provide a little bit more explosiveness in that back line that did seem a bit stale at times in 2020. Now, I do think the Bulldogs are on the up, but I still think they're a quality nine away from being real challenges. And we've obviously got the likes of Brendan Smith that's been floating around to potentially get a move. And I think it's a sign that the Bulldogs, a signing that the Bulldogs would really look at uh, taking. Uh, I think someone like the Cheese at, uh, at Belmore would be really, really beneficial for them, for their culture and for them just moving forward in general. But uh, obviously today we're going to be touching on three players that I think are ones to watch for the Supercoach season coming up and kicked off straight off the bat and it's Jake Avarillo at 331k. Now, Avarillo is a dual position center wing 5'8", so it's uh, it's really handy to, to either slot him as a secondary 5'8", or start him in your center wing. So looking at his stats last year, don't take too much stock into it because he played 13 games but only played 80 minutes five times. And when he did play 80, he averaged 64.4. He chopped and changed between center, 5'8", and came off the interchange bench as well. So there was never really a set position for Avrilo. I think now with more backline acquisitions, it it sort of narrows his uh, chances to two positions, in my opinion. Uh, He's obviously battling with Brandon Wakeham for the sixth jersey, but... Like I just said, if he doesn't get the six, I think he'll get a center spot regardless. You could move Kotrich out to the wing, uh, put Avrilo in the centers, pairing alongside uh, Will Hopawade. At fullback, you'd have Corey Allen. And yeah, six and seven, you could have Wakeham and Flanagan, or you could play 
uh, Averillo at six. So either or, I think he's going to get a spot in this side. He definitely has way more upside than guys like Staines. Um, he's going to have his hands on the ball a lot more. He's going to be able to rack up a few more tackles. And I think for the price, if you're choosing between him and someone like Staines, then Averillo is the way to go. People get sucked in too much about this hype of the try scoring that Staines put on last year, but I still think that uh, Averillo is the player with the most upside in that price category. With what Trent Barrett did for Jerome Luai last year at Penrith, being their attacking coach, I definitely can see the same thing happening for, for Averillo. Obviously, uh, Barrett won't be the attacking coach, he's the head coach, but I still think he can instill some of those philosophies that he put on that Penrith side last year and really get that attack moving forward. And I wouldn't be surprised to see them have a two to four point increase on offense. I could easily see the Bulldogs scoring 18 points this year uh, on average and hopefully with some of the forward signings they can really get a roll on and um, have a bit more solidity in the middle and not miss so many tackles. And with him being available at center wing, um, I've always said spend less. And if Avrilo is named at six, I think he's pretty much a certified slam dunk must-have in your team. Um, the numbers don't lie. The kid puts up really good um, really good numbers. And look, it is down to some creative and evading stats, but at six, he's going to maintain those. And the Bulldogs, I don't think, can go any worse offensively, offensively than what they did last year. And I think that comes down to the man that I will be naming uh, next, and that is... Kyle Flanagan. Now, despite being the man that was pushed out at Bondi and constantly being referred to as a section op- second option, Flanagan averaged a respectable 59. Now, for his second year in the NRL and his first full-time year in such a big club like the Roosters, 59 is fantastic considering the tumultuous season that he had. He did uh, he did have 25 of those in base as well, so he's got a good floor. Um, teams do like to target him in, in uh, attack on their end, so he does make plenty of tackles. But the big thing with Flanagan is this move to the ball could go either way for Supercoach players. Um, one could argue that Flanagan looked only good in the Roosters system because of how cohesive they were. Whereas we can use the exact same counter-argument to say that now Flanagan's the main man in his own side, it could really spur him on, and I'm of the camp that he can really kick on. He's going to have goal-kicking duties. They're going to have a better attacking output this year. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see Flanagan average somewhere 65-plus this year. He's set for a big year, in my opinion, and he's at that price that's 424k, but he is dual position, so you can swap him around between your half and your 5-8th. Um, but it's a play that is definitely uh, a pod move in Flanagan. I haven't seen many teams with him there, and he is part of my pod series. He will be the halfback in that pod team um, with the content that I am putting out. But like I said, I think with the goal kicking, the added responsibility, and just being able to lead a team himself, he could easily average 65. If you're going to start with Flanagan, it's one of the ones where you need to look at the balance of your side. I probably wouldn't be confident enough to start him solely as your main seven, but... If you have the cash, you're someone you can definitely pair it with another gun. So I think, yeah, Flanagan's in for a big year, but it just comes down to your base of your team and where he slots in because I wouldn't be playing him as a sole seven. Um, but yeah, I could definitely see him uh, being a backup on the bench and, and a really good reserve option. And last but not least, the man we're going to look at finally as the ones to watch this year is Jack Hetherington. Now, Hetherington moved from the Panthers to the Warriors on a loan deal last year to help them out, and now he finds himself at the Bulldogs. So 
Hetherington earned himself a whole lot of respect in the NRL community when he did go to the Warriors, and he didn't just uh, he didn't just do a job there. He was a real leader in that Warriors pack off the bench. He provided a lot of uh, a lot of spark, a lot of uh, grit and go forward, and it was pretty easy for a lot of players that were helping the Warriors out last year just to go through the motions and and clock over the gears. But yeah, Hetherington really stood up and and said to himself that this is a chance for him to make a name for himself and. It's, uh, yeah, like I said, he quickly established himself as one of the leaders. I remember the game against the Roosters where he went toe-to-toe with Jared Rewea Hardgraves, and that's not something that you can uh, shy away from. Like, Jared Rewea Hardgraves is a hard man, and to really go at him um, shows, I think, a lot of the Warriors backroom stuff that he wasn't there to make up the numbers. He was there to make a name for himself, and that's what he did. He obviously got a, a move to the Bulldogs. Despite only averaging 33 points last year, uh, Hetherington had a PPM of zero, uh, 0.73, but yeah, that's low for a front row forward, but with a consistent role and more experience under his belt, uh, I could easily see this PPM jumping up to around 0.9, even pushing into the ones. Now, the biggest thing for Hetherington is his security, and whether Barrett is going to start him in the front row um, alongside Dylan Napa or Thompson. Uh, or whether he comes off the bench. It just depends. I think it all falls down to where Barrett's going to use Thompson. Um, they've obviously got a good back row and, and lock in Adam Elliott, uh, Josh Jackson, and Raymond Faitala Mariner. So I could honestly see Hetherington pushing Napa out of the side. I mean, Napa hasn't been great for a few years, and Hetherington is on the up. So it's going to come down to game time. I think if he doesn't start, he is a bit of a miss. But if he gets that starting role at 300k, there's definitely worse options to have. And you can even look at playing him in your starting lineup. Like I mentioned a few days ago, that the front row forward position this year is something that I feel you could go a little bit cheaper on to save money. But yeah, look, at if he starts, it's a fantastic option at 300k. There's only a couple of other guys on top of my head that I would be looking at for around that price. If he does get a start, I expect his rotation to be around 50 to 55 minutes, and at a 0.9 ppm, that's 50 points. And at 300k, he's going to make you good coin. He's going to get you up to around 400, 420. So. Sell him then, sell him at a high and make good coin um, on a player that is probably going to be a little bit under-owned this year just from the sheer fact that we're not sure about where his rotation lies. So, Hetherington's one for Teamless Tuesday, but if named, I definitely think he's one to start with. Um, I prefer him over the likes of someone like Joe Offer and Gowie, who I'm seeing being talked about. So, it's a, yeah, like I said, it's a Teamless Tuesday thing, but that is the three players today for the Canterbury Bulldogs. We'll be continuing on with the other sides in alphabetical order, but I think the Bulldogs are in for a good year. They're in for an improving year. I don't think they're going to be pushing for the eight. Uh, As I said at the top of the show, we are still a quality nine away from seeing Canterbury as a real contender, but if they were to manage to get Brandon Smith, then it changes everything, I think. It makes a much more attractive supercoach side moving forward, but at the top of the show, I said they only scored 14.1 points on offense. I think that is going to change this year with Trent Barrett in and Kyle Flanagan and, and Wakeham or Averillo in the halves. Uh, I expect them to be putting up around 18 points a game. So it's going to be a good year for Bulldogs fans. It's not going to be highs of the early 2000s, but you're definitely building in the right direction, and I can only see the Bulldogs moving up. All right, guys, uh, that's it. And keep your friends close and keep your pods closer. That'll knock a jacket potato out of you, that. And the cheese and the coleslaw. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.